You're listening to the EU Mentorship Stories from the Western Balkans podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the European Liberal Forum, the Boris Divkovic Foundation and D66 International. We do hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome on board of another episode of Stories from the Balkans. My name is Teresa Reiter and I'm your pilot flying you through the Western Balkans today. Uh, today we will be talking about the position of liberal parties and liberal NGOs in the Western Balkans, their challenges, hopes and dreams. I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues from Bosnia and Herzegovina and North Macedonia. Welcome Sanda Krekic. Sanda is an executive director of the Liberal Institute Skopje and is developing projects and programs related to youth activism capacity building. She has a master's degree in business and finance. And welcome Maid Čaferovic. Uh, he is a project uh, coordinator at the Boris Divković Foundation in Sarajevo and he is working on capacity building, gender equality and youth education. He has a master's in social and political science, as well as international relations. Welcome, you guys. Thank you, Teresa, for this great announcement. It's a <laughs> pleasure to be with you today. Okay, so I will throw in some shameless self-advertising uh, at this point. I am also the co-host of the Friedrich Naumann Foundation security podcast, uh, The Defense Cafe. Uh, and there we always ask our guests to compare the situation of European Defense Corporation to an animal. So to get to know you a little better, I thought we'd do a similar thing. I want to ask Sandra first, if liberalism in North Macedonia was an animal, which one would it be and why? Well, this is a very interesting question. And I would say that uh, the liberalism is like a bird. Here in North Macedonia, it can fly away to the other countries where the liberalism stands better but it can also also remain here and uh, little by little improve the liberal situation and the idea at home. That is an excellent answer, I think. Uh, Mate, what is your answer to this question? Well, yeah, the question is really fun. But uh, first of all, I would like to say hello to everyone lis listening to us and also a big hello to my dear friend Sanda. Uh, uh, like I said, a very, very fun question, and I, I would say a slot, uh, because it is actually, especially here in Western Balkan, it is very slow, uh, seems a bit lazy, but it is uh, constantly continuing to climb up, uh, trying to rise and not giving up at all. But yeah, like I said, indeed, it is very slow and, and, and a bit lazy. Uh, and it also has that, uh, you know, face that looks a bit naive. Uh, but uh, yeah, because I've heard from lots of people, uh, they say that uh, liberal ideas are sometimes naive and not realistic. But uh, I, I think that's that's only a perception, just like uh, when it comes to a slot. <laughs> it's really interesting that you say that because Alexandre Krauss of uh, the Renew Europe group uh, compared European defense to a slot recently. And um, I told him, do you know that slots are actually their own ecosystem? So he said, like, ah, then it's even better, even better <laughs> comparison. <laughs> so very good animals, guys. 
Let's get a little bit more serious. Um, looking at the Balkans from Western Europe, one could think that there is no liberal tradition whatsoever, right? You had Tito for such a long time and he's still uh, somehow present in the minds of people very much. There are Yugo nostalgic theme parks and at the same time deteriorating EU perspectives. Um, where are the roots of liberal movements uh, like Nasha Stranka or the North Macedonian liberals? And why does anyone in the Western Balkans become a liberal instead of a social democrat or a conservative or something else entirely? Why are you a liberal? How does this even happen? Because we believe there is no such thing if we don't know enough about the Balkans. Who wants to go first? Well, I, I, I can do it if you want. And yeah, exactly. You said it. You said it right, Teresa. There is actually no liberal tradition almost at all in, in Western Balkans. And of course, liberals are minority in this region right now. And uh, most of the people, uh, unfortunately, still believe in uh, conservative, traditional and nationalistic values. And those who do not, uh, they actually tend to turn to social democracy more than uh, liberalism. And it probably has to do with uh, nostalgia, which you mentioned, and all that uh, socialistic ideological heritage. So, yeah, the good question is, where do liberals in Western Balkan come from? Uh, probably from, from different places. Uh, first of all, I believe that uh, a lot of people have been disappointed with uh, uh, with the major social democratic parties, uh, which they initially saw as a progressive alternative and the, the opposition to the conservative nationalistic parties, which dominate in Western Balkans uh, for a long time, from I'd say from late 80s uh, until today. Uh, but uh, those uh, social democratic parties, which had the capacity and the strength to, to challenge the strongest conservative parties, uh, actually most of them became a part of a new uh, partitocracy uh, together with those uh, conservative parties, where although they have uh, ideological differences, uh, they share the same modus operandi, uh, namely corruption, uh, nepotism, dubious standards, financial manipulations, power abuse, etc., etc., and they actually go along uh, very well when it comes to sharing power and influence and sharing the, the public spoils, let's, let's call it like that. So because of that disappointment, I think many progressive people uh, started finding the alternative in liberalism, especially the social liberalism for those who still have a, a socialist sentiment, which we uh, mentioned already. Uh, so I think that's the one. Uh, uh, one place where we, we, we have liberals. On the other hand, I think those who, who always saw the future of the region within the European Union and the, uh, those who don't see the alternative for the European Union, uh, they are mostly the true liberals and true progressives who know that there is no turning back when it, when it comes to the future. Excellent. So a small but, but real alternative, actually, yeah. to, to what what is there already. Sanda? Well, my colleague Maid has explained uh, the situation very well. I would like to add uh, just something. Uh, this is my favorite question. Why am I liberal? And I get and I often get uh, questioned uh, this question and I, um, I am answering like uh, because uh, being a liberal is uh, being unique. Uh, the both ends, leftist and rightist, are just that, the ends. 
being in the middle, in the center, taking the good points from the both extreme ideologies, ideologies and improving the bad concepts is what we stand for and what we are fighting for. It's actually a very good fit, you would think, for the Western Balkans region, right? Because it's so diverse and there are so many things that you can actually only succeed if you go the middle way on every single issue. So, uh, well, once once the Western Balkans fall in love with liberalism, which is only a matter of time, I'm really sure, um, it, I think it will be a, a beautiful uh, love relationship. <laughs> Yes, okay. So, like, when I, if I can add, like, uh, Sanda said something really interesting, and I, uh, when I think of it a little bit uh, more personally, like Sanda said, why am I a liberal? Uh, and uh, well, as someone uh, with a master's in the international relations and diplomacy, uh, I, I care a lot about. Uh, I care a lot for peace. And that's something that I've been interested in, um, uh, especially during my uh, my studies and afterwards. Uh, I'm showing a lot of interest in peace studies and, and researches. So speaking in that context, uh, I find liberal ideas and values uh, majorly in the accordance with the peace. Uh, I would even uh, dare to say that liberal values are the constituent element of a sustainable peace. So uh, it actually could be that many people from this region actually share this same motivation uh, as I do, because we are living in the post-conflict societies here in Western Balkans. And I think it is natural that lots of people are craving for a peace and for a sustainable, positive peace, for stability, security, rule of law, uh, dignity, justice, uh, well-being, etc., etc. Those are all the values that liberal ideology promotes and, and promises to, to offer. It's actually something that we should embed much more in our storytelling as a liberal family in Europe, right? Uh, I was just thinking because we have we have like um, um, some bullet points of what you just say we mention in our narratives, but but not like that actually. That that the liberal ideology is closest to the constituents of peace. Yeah. I mean that that's actually quite a good line. Um, we we should try and share it with as many colleagues in Europe as we can. Um, okay, so um, from all that you just said, um, Bosnia had uh, local elections in 2020. Um, there are uh, local elections coming up in North Macedonia. Um, how does that fit with what you just said? So no liberal tradition and, and also in the context of, of the EU perspective, um, that's a lot uh, of things that impact elections uh, somehow directly or indirectly. So maybe start with um, the Bosnian elections last year and um, maybe some learnings um, that, that um, can be useful also to the North Macedonian liberals made. Uh, yeah, well, like I said in the beginning and uh, also these 2020 elections uh, showed uh, how slow liberalism is actually uh, moving forward. Uh, and besides that, it is very hard for a liberal party to hold, uh, hold power once it gets the opportunity for it. Uh, I think that's uh, mostly due to the lack of experience as decision makers, especially uh, when forced uh, to form a broad uh, cross-ideological coalition government. Uh, 
which is uh, actually the case at the most times, since, uh, as I said earlier, liberalism is not the most popular ideology in Western Balkans. And uh, there aren't uh, many liberal parties, uh, especially uh, with sufficient capacity to get the satisfactory election result, to even get in the position to, to negotiate the forming of a government. Uh, so almost every time a liberal party gets, a, uh, when the liberal party gets a chance to form a government, it is forced to do it uh, together with parties from other ideological spectrum, uh, which sets uh, additional uh, difficulties that uh, need, to, uh, need to be dealt with. And uh, due to the aforementioned uh, lack of experience, most of those times the uh, Liberal Party uh, gets overshadowed by its uh, more experienced uh, coalition partners. Uh, but uh, uh, there's uh, uh, one very, uh, very beautiful story when it comes to 2020 local elections in uh, Bosnia. I have to highlight one huge Liberal uh, victory which actually happened uh, uh, even before the, the elections took place. Uh, namely, uh, in the city of Mostar, uh, the last elections before 2020 uh, took place in 2008, I think, yeah, 12 years ago. So since then, uh, two, uh, two conflicting uh, nationalistic parties were governing the city, not being able to agree on the implementation of the election law in this city uh, and simultaneously enjoying the status quo. Uh, so that actually caused 12 years without local election uh, in this city. And in 2020, a uh, brave uh, liberal political activist, uh, uh, Irma Baralia, uh, decided to take the issue up to the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg, uh, eventually winning the case for the citizens of Mostar. So after 12 years, in December 2020, local elections took place in Mostar. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to the election results, not much had changed, but still uh, bringing the democracy back to this beautiful city in Herzegovina uh, has to be mentioned as a very, very important victory for liberals. Yeah, I mean, liberal uh, liberal society is not only election, election results, right? There are uh, a, exactly. a huge number of ways how you can impact um, um, a society based on liberal values. So this is really an excellent uh, example. Um, yes, Anna. Yes, I would like to add that uh, this year, me and my colleague uh, Maid, we are working uh, together to, uh, to share experiences uh, between the Women Forum last month in Ohrid. Uh, the few ladies from the Women Forum came here to North Macedonia to work with our Women Forum to share the experiences, to, sh uh, to share tips and tricks so uh, we can have a better... Uh, better uh, um, Exchange. Yes, better exchange and a better performance at our local uh, upcoming uh, local elections that are going to be, I think, in October month. And uh, we are already working on a new uh, exchange of experiences uh, uh, in the first half of September. We are expecting our colleagues from Nasha Stranka to come here in Skopje and to work with our electoral board. Uh, everything with uh, one uh, great and brave idea to strengthen the liberal ideology on Western Balkan countries. Ah, excellent. Um, because you mentioned the, the, the Women's Forum, um, this is also a, a good point for, for advertising. 
the Bosnian liberals actually have an excellent track record, uh, track record when it comes to um, uh, getting women elected. So it's not just having women on the list. Uh, it's really about investing uh, money and time and training to get them actually elected. So um, this one goes out to all the liberal uh, parties in Europe. If you if, if you feel you need their wisdom, and I'm pretty sure pretty much all of you do, um, invite someone over to the Boris Divkovic Foundation and have them share um, their success stories, because I think this is really something that we all can do better on. And uh, also, I love when there is a great example from the Western Balkans that I can shove into everyone's face. Uh, <laughs> so, um, your organizations um, both have a certain infrastructure and, and access to funds, right? So, your real organizations, it's not just one guy in one office uh, um, with water up to his head. So, um, there are always efforts to empower and train and uh, whatever capacity building in the Western Balkans, also from the liberal family, the Friedrich Naumann Foundation is doing a lot, the ELF is doing a lot, various others are doing a lot. Um, but, you know, th there is this saying that the opposite of of, of uh, good is, is meant well or something. I don't know if it exists in English as well. So um, could you describe um, what what do you think um, works in, in your daily work that you get from um, European capacities, European res resources from, from other parties maybe, and what is maybe the millionth panel discussion that nobody needed? <laughs> well, this is interesting and difficult question. Well, actually, all of the trainings that are organized for, organized from Friedrich Naumann and, and from ELF are very beneficial because from those trainings, we are learning how to act. For example, uh, storytelling. Now, this podcast, we are sharing experience not only between us, but we are sharing experience with uh, whole uh, Europe. Um, we have uh, our uh, little community where everyone is helping to to the other when uh, when someone needs a help uh, to prosper, to to have some brilliant idea uh, to be uh, to be done, and uh, we have uh, like a field that is open for everyone. You only have to uh, want to do something and uh, to to work hard. So this is why I'm proud to say that I'm a liberal and I'm proud to say that I am part of all of, all of this uh, liberal community where uh, we are all standing uh, to each other. That's, that's a great answer. And also uh, I experienced that a lot because I'm working in different networks within the liberal family. And I always try to get people from the Western Balkans in, even if it's only for EU members because it's such a benefit to have their perspective there and also to build reliable relationships just with liberal friends in the Western Balkans. Uh, Mait, was what's your... Yeah, like, uh, like Sanda said, uh, all these programs uh, are uh, very useful, especially when it comes to developing skills and also they have a lot of experience, I guess, uh, more, more liberal experience than we here in Western Balkans, which is also uh, good, good to hear uh, the good practices from them. Uh, and like I said, yeah, they have really like 
liberal skills and even liberal theories which are more contemporary than the ones uh, that uh, that we have here in Western Balkans. Uh, but uh, when we are talking uh, about Western Balkan uh, communities, uh, I think uh, uh, more of a focus uh, should a main focus actually should be fighting the political apathy which is unfortunately huge in western balkans and it's 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 even getting uh, uh, getting worse and worse uh, and uh, we need to get a higher level of youth participation in political processes uh, youth participation in, in uh, political flows uh, here in western balkans is uh, worryingly low and I actually find it very dangerous uh, because uh, young people are the ones who, by default, they should have uh, the greatest motivation in, in uh, future related decisions, let's call it like that, because they are the ones who will live that future more than anyone else. And they need to be uh, the ones making uh, those future related decisions and we need to make them uh, be willing to actually do it. They are unfortunately losing, uh, losing interest from day to day. Uh, and uh, uh, we need to make them realize that political activism is a useful tool for, for creating better future and uh, only then uh, can we hope to produce the next generation of responsible and highly moral, moral political leaders. Uh, I, I also want to add that uh, as, uh, I will now talk a little bit more about in the context of European integrations. Uh, there is actually a huge potential in regional cooperation. The Western Balkan region has an opportunity to work together as one uh, towards the EU membership, uh, which uh, actually would uh, make things uh, much easier and quicker. Uh, so if Western Balkans, uh, if Western Balkan as a region wants to be integrated into the European Union, uh, firstly, it has to be integrated itself to a certain degree. Uh, and that is actually a resource uh, that uh, contemporary governments of Western Balkan countries are not utilizing almost at all. So uh, if power holders and uh, decision makers don't want to work on regional cooperation, I think civil society organizations need to be the initiators of this practice and to fill that gap, at least for now. And uh, we actually have a good example of regional cooperation between uh, NGOs from different Western Balkan countries. For example, like Sanda mentioned, the uh, Boris Divkovic Foundation has a great cooperation with Liberal Institute Skopje. Uh, for a few years already, we are implementing many projects, especially when it comes to political education of youth. Uh, so uh, we also need to encourage the regional cooperation between NGOs and uh, developing regional liberal uh, NGO networks. Uh, which would, uh, I, I, I'm sure that it would speed up and boost the spreading of liberal European values throughout the, across the whole region and uh, thus raising the public awareness of the importance of EU integrations and also facilitating uh, Western Balkan communities' path to the, to the EU. This is actually also one of the goals of this EU mentorship uh, program. Um, we experienced in, in the first and the second meeting uh, of this network, um, we found out that most of the people didn't know each other. Nobody had any phone numbers of each other. It's, it's, it sounds strange and simple, but actually uh, the start was to have breakfast together and exchange phone numbers and, and add each other on Facebook. Uh, as ridiculous as this sounds, it's really like you need to know who the guy on the other side is that yeah. you call if you want to cooperate, right? So um, I'm really proud that this network still exists and it's growing and that people uh, still work together 
together and um, yeah, I mean, best practice, your cooperation, I think uh, we can extend that to, to, to other parts of this network. Um, what you said about uh, youth engagement and youth participation, that would have actually been my, ne my next question. Um, we all um, know that it is worryingly low, right? The youth oh, particip yeah. participation that people think uh, voting doesn't make sense anyway, that uh, they, they don't want to get involved because they see all they see is the corruption and, exactly. and, and, and everything that has been around for so long that it seems unbreakable, undefeatable. So from your daily work, what do you feel works in terms of getting youth more uh, engaged in, in political activism? Yeah. Sandra, do you, did you uh, want to? Okay. Uh, well, uh, from my opinion, from my si side of the view, I think that the youth is being uh, apathetic and uh, tends to have no trust in the political elites. Uh, they see politicians as someone who is far from them. Uh, but at the same time, the youth remains the one always bringing the changes, and that has proven to be uh, true in the recent times in our country. So I think that uh, through workshops, through uh, different academies, uh, constant work with the youth, uh, we can uh, we can uh, prove uh, them that uh, that the political uh, situation is not that bad and that if they want to to achieve something they have to fight for it yeah and also have the confidence right it's it's uh, like yes. feel their own strength that is actually there but they've never experienced in that way right so yeah uh might you, you said it right, uh, Teresa, while formulating this question. Uh, yeah, the people are very disappointed with uh, with uh, corruption and every, uh, and all those uh, negative values that they see in their political elites uh, on on a daily basis. I would say, and people are generally starting to perceive politics as something extremely negative, uh, because, uh, or, or like we said, because they they they. They had lots of negative experiences with their mainstream political elites, lots of corruption, lies, unfulfilled promises, high hopes being crashed, etc., etc. And it's it is a lot of lot of disappointment. Uh, therefore, people are losing interest in political activism because they don't believe that politics has its real purpose anymore. Uh, like uh, Sanda said, through our programs of informal political education, we constantly motivate and even encourage young people on political activism and tackle the issue of political apathy. Uh, one of uh, good ways to do it is, uh, well, first of all, politics became, actually became very uh, far away uh, from us, especially from young people. We need to uh, make politics uh, closer to them. Uh, we need to uh, we need to make them realize that uh, politics is not just some uh, high state politics that the presidents of countries are are, are working on and something like that. Uh, politics you can uh, you, uh, politics is something uh, that is uh, in your street, in your neighborhood. That is uh, like if, if if car is parked on a sidewalk uh, and uh, pedestrians cannot uh, uh, walk uh, uh, across that sidewalk. Uh, well, there's something wrong with politics <laughs> if that is happening, right? So that's that's the ways that we need to we need to uh, uh, have uh, more uh, tangible examples of 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 of, of political uh, activism uh, for youth people to make it uh, closer closer to youth people and more interesting. 
Yeah, I think what you just said um, was was also proved by, I mean, he is not a liberal, but uh, Spend Ahmeti, the, the mayor of Pristina, um, this was exactly one of his topics, right? The parking chaos in Pristina. Uh, there is not enough space for people to walk and people could really experience it. I mean, it, this wasn't a big thing, you know, this had nothing to do with, uh, I don't know, ethnic conflicts or borders or anything. It was basically like, Dude, you cannot park here. So um, these things, exactly. I just I have a follow up question because um, there are nonpartisan youth movements uh, all over Europe now. Fridays for Future is probably like the, the, the most uh, contemporary and, and, the, and the most popular. Um, how do you feel um, the potential uh, is in your country for nonpartisan uh, youth uh, political activism? Because uh, from what you said, um, it has a lot to do with old parties that people uh, feel like really cut off from politics, right? So if it wasn't a party, but um, an organization fighting for a political cause, regardless of which party implements it, would that have more chance, you think, with young people? In the yeah, I think I think it even does uh, have a more chance. And uh, that's also something that needs to be encouraged. Uh, of course, I don't want to dis, uh, disencourage the, the, the political activism through a political party. That is also something that is important. But uh, uh, you can be political activists even without a political party. Like you said, there are many, uh, many social movements, uh, also many uh, 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 NGOs, of course. You can be a political activist uh, through an NGO, uh, also through some informal informal communities uh, within within your your local community, etc., etc. So that is uh, definitely something. And like you said, uh, people have a very negative connotations when we talk about political parties, and that's probably one thing that is keeping uh, youth away from politics. So if we if we make them realize that they can be polit political activists even without the political party, and I think that would be something uh, that would make them uh, more interested in, in, in doing it. Yeah, it could also be a step, you know, right? Uh, once you get active, then maybe later you will found a political party, join a political party, whatever, right? But experience politics without um, the weight of an ideology that might not fit your idea um, could be a first step. Uh, Sandra, anything to add? Yes, uh, I agree with everything Mike said, and uh, I just want to uh, add that uh, the political activists, uh, they can do a lot because uh, they are like a group of people who are uh, fighting for a, a cause. For example, the, um, uh, the great environment, uh, pollution of the air, uh, LGBT rights, human rights. And I think that they are very powerful, but they still uh, like we have discussed previous they don't have uh, like the confidence or uh, the strength to to raise uh, their voice yeah i think uh, you just uh, mentioned air pollution uh, this is also i think an an excellent uh, uh, point for everyone who wants to improve the situation in the western balkans we don't always have to talk about the the, the biggest most complicated things I think it's rather uncontroversial that people should have clean air to breathe. 
regardless of who they are, right? So everybody um, on, on uh, in, in in Central Europe and in Western Europe uh, who stands there and says like, oh, it's so complicated in the Western Balkans, there's nothing we can do. Um, I mean, there really are a lot of things uh, that you can do without getting involved in the whole uh, uh, mess of, of uh, ancient history and new yeah. history, right? So you could just start and say like, hey, I'm France. I don't want North Macedonia to join, but I will fix their air quality. Because uh, what I think people forget is that um, EU integration process um, foremost is there to improve the quality of life in the Western Balkans. It's not just about the club. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. sometimes like I think it's even uh, more important to be on a path towards the EU than the the the, the uh, entrance to the EU itself. So because uh, through that path uh, you are uh, actually working on your community to be uh, better, uh, to have a better quality of life, as you said, etc., uh, etc. Et Absolutely. I have one final question, which is not as much fun as the first one, but I still think pretty much fun. Uh, imagine a fairy comes to town. And uh, contrary to common belief, uh, fairies do not look like flying princesses, right? I mean, I have, I personally have a lot of fairy knowledge, so that's why I can tell you. Um, fairies uh, look a bit more like the Montenegrin singer Rambo Amadeus, right? So they have like tiny wings, but they look like Rambo Amadeus. And um, it's wearing a hat and it's an hour late for our appointment and it's there and it says, what do you wish for? So um, the fairy grants you one wish and um, what would you want from the fairy and who do you want it from? Is it the EU? Is it your own country? Is it individual people? Um, what do you wish for? Sanda. Well... Might if you have already. Can I can I wish something for myself? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think. Yeah, I I I wish. Uh, yeah, someone could 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 give me a power to 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 stop time for a while or or to manipulate time that would make my 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 life much easier. But uh, when thinking about uh, wish for. Uh, wow, that's interesting question. Sanda, do you have something on this? Well, uh, my first and my biggest wish is uh, to stop this situation with Corona because we are really very full with all of it. But my wish for my country is uh, to young people to be encouraged to work and to stand for themselves. I, I could maybe... I, I would wish that, uh, let's say, young people from the Western Balkan countries uh, uh, travel more within the region, hang out with uh, with with their peers from from other Western Balkan countries, and because I think uh, the young people uh, from here are they are more interesting to uh, to going to the EU countries to let's say I don't know Germany, France, or maybe to travel across the world. But I think it would be uh, uh, very good if uh, they would you know travel more within the region and in that way uh, get to know uh, other other uh, societies uh, better. I think that would bring to a much better understanding between between uh, different people in Western Balkans.
That is an excellent last sentence. We will let the fairy know about your wishes once it shows up, you know. Uh, and um, yeah, thank you for being here today. Uh, I say uh, very much uh, thank you uh, also to the Boris Ivkovich Foundation, which will have the honor and pleasure to 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 edit <laughs> our conversation here. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. And uh, dear listeners, if you feel like you have learned something from this podcast or you simply enjoyed listening to it, be so kind and tell your friends about it, share the link and uh, tune it in for the next episode. Uh, have a great day and goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thank you.